Welcome to the My Comic Shop History Christmas Special. I am your host once again, Anthony Desiato. Six months ago, a comic book shop in Scarsdale, New York, called Alternate Realities, went up to that big back issue bin in the sky when it closed after 23 years. During season one of this podcast, we relived the highs and lows of Alternate Realities as we bid the store a fond and final farewell. Now, six months later, we're back for this special holiday installment in which we'll answer the questions raised in the first season of the podcast. Does our community still gather for weekly dinners? Did the store's former owner ever find the peace he was looking for? And, most importantly, where do the comic shop guys go when the comic shop is gone? I'm joined today by three all-star guests. To my right, we have Mr. Sean McInerney, a longtime former employee of the store and guest on episode two of the podcast. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Right across from me, we have Tom Darby, a.k.a. Tomo, another former worker at the store and guest on episode six. How's it going, everybody? And on the other side of the table, we have the legendary Rich Roney, friend of the store and a person so honored, so revered within our group that we all fight for the Rich Roney seat when we go out to dinner. Today, all three of us have the Rich Roney seat and all of the listeners at home have the Rich Roney seat. Rich, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Just to start, I think we should set the scene a little bit uh, and explain uh, where we are and when we're doing this. So it's a little bit before Christmas. It's about a, a week and a half before Christmas. And we are once again in a comic book shop, though, of course, sadly, it's not alternate realities. Uh, Sean, where, where are we? We're at the Spires Web, owned by a former customer of alternate realities, uh, Paul, who uh, is kind enough to let us come in and record partially while the store is still open. And, and, and if I may add, this is one of the most elegant stores I've been in. It's clean. It's got phenomenal inventory and stock. And Paul, thank you for your graciousness. Yeah, thank, we really do want to thank Paul for taking us in. We, uh, I feel like we've been comic shop refugees uh, over the past six months. So <laughs> we really do want to thank Paul for, for taking us in. Uh, and if anyone hasn't been to the Spider's Web, we've talked about it a lot over the course of the podcast. But if anyone hasn't checked it out and they're in the area, um, they really should. Uh, Sean, I know this is now your weekly go-to spot, and yeah. a, a little bit later, I really want to talk about that a lot, because sure. I think that's a big piece of, you know, what's going on here is the fact that, you know, we all have had to, you know, find other places and, and check out other shops, so I definitely want to, you know, want to talk about that. And to follow up on what you were saying, Sean, uh, yeah, the store is still open. Uh, it's, it's a Sunday, it's pretty quiet, but uh, if listeners hear any any customers in the background or a phone ringing or anything like that, um, just the atmosphere of a, of a live comic shop. I guess a good place to start is, uh, is where we left off last time. So uh, I recorded the finale of the first season of this podcast on the Friday, uh, right before the, the true end of Alternate Realities. And um, uh, Steve Odo, the store's owner, uh, Bill Mayo, uh, who we'll talk about, who helped out a lot with the, the final clo- the move out of Indeed. the store. Uh, so Steve, Bill, and myself, we recorded that final podcast on that Friday, and we were there until about midnight. And... Um, Bill and I had spent that day hauling long boxes of, of trades and comics uh, from the store to the warehouse. But when we left that Friday night, it still more or less looked like alternate realities. Again, a lot of stuff had been cleared out. It was in even more disarray than, than normal, but it still looked like the store. Uh, when I came back less than 24 hours later, uh, it didn't look like the store anymore. Um, and Rich, I think you had a similar you know, oh reaction as I did. Two thoughts went through my mind when I arrived at about 5.15 or 5.30 that Saturday night. To give 30 seconds of history, um, I ditched my nephew, who was graduated high school. <laughs> they were having a big party for him. I kind of went up, shook his hand, gave him an envelope, and said, i got to get down for this final dinner at AR. 
first and foremost, I was just so stunned at how much stuff had been removed because I was so used to that place being so dense and so full of stock and boxes and shelving and product. It staggered my mind how much stuff had been pulled out and how, how open and vacuous it looked. But then also, emotionally, I was kind of stunned because the reality of the end really hit me like a mountain landed on me. And Anthony, you had said in one of the prior podcasts that it was not dissimilar, like after your parents sold the house in which you grew up, that you just kind of walked around. That was the same that evening. It just uh, intellectually, physically, sensory-wise, it just slammed me on all levels. So I was really surprised at how much product had been moved out and how just in disarray it looked. Yeah, Tom and Sean, I want to toss it to you at that point, because I know that both of you were present uh, during that Saturday. There was a, a really large group of guys who, who came in to, to really help out. Um, so I'll toss it to Tom first. I mean, um, I guess, what was your experience that day? What did you what did you do there? I rolled up um, that Saturday and I saw a ton of people just working to break down the fixtures, box up books, merchandise, whatever it was. And uh, again, it was a, it was this hodgepodge of people. Um, employees, um, some customers. So it was just a ton of us just cleaning up, trying to move stuff like, you know, furniture wise into, you know, Steve's truck. I remember Steve yelling at us about putting the desk in the, uh, in the automobile saying that it wouldn't fit. But I think it was Sean that figured out that, you know, we can open up, you know, the, um, the window in the back of the trunk and it would fit perfectly what a doctor gets you right there that's there high go. level thinking so there yeah so that worked out so yeah it was a ton of us just you know working our asses off trying to get the store ready i got to the store that last saturday um later than some of the other people because i was working um at the summer camp i work at and um i got there around lunchtime and stepped into what was already sort of like a shell of a store but still felt a little bit like alternate realities um and just immediately joined Brian ripping down the slat wall and knocking the nails out of it and stacking it up. And uh, it really was. It was filled with, with customers and with employees. And um, it, it, I mean, it was nice to see the amount of support that came in because I think without that, there's no way that that store would have gotten emptied out in time. Um, but it was also sort of, like Rich said, I left that night... Um, it, Emotionally like, hurt. Yeah, it's, it's like you don't want to compare it to losing an actual person, but it is like a, a loss. You know, it's, a, it's a closing a chapter in your life, and it was difficult to see a store that you hung out in uh, for hours, you know, during store hours, coming in and hanging out after store hours. Um, a familiarity in a clubhouse uh, just not there anymore. Um, and seeing all the memories uh, just not there, pictures on the wall, pictures in the, the bathroom, um, all just empty. Yeah, I mean, you know, this whole idea of, of, you know, what we feel, you know, a few months out, you know, both on a practical level, how we've been affected, and then also on an emotional level. I mean, I really want to talk about that a lot. But, Sean, you hit on something there that um, I actually had in my notes here I wanted to bring up. And, again, like you said, right, it's certainly not like losing a loved one. And, and <laughs> I don't want anyone to think that we, we feel otherwise. I mean, we know that it's a store, but nevertheless a store that meant a lot to us. And... I was kind of curious because, again, sometimes when you, you lose a loved one, you know, it can happen in a couple of ways. It could be, a, you know, a sudden tragedy or it can be something longer and more drawn out. And I guess there are arguments on either side as to, you know, what's better. 
in this case, you know, Steve announced the end of alternate realities at the beginning of February, and then it, it closed up for good at the end of June. So there were five solid months of us trying to empty it out and talking about it and dealing with all of it. To all of you guys, I mean, would it have been easier if we just got a, a or just saw a Facebook post from Steve one day that's like, oh, there was a fire, the store's gone? Well, hey, if I could interrupt, it was also more challenging because he was there was a theory he might sell it, then he wasn't going to sell it. And the signs that had been posted kind of tugged us back and forth emotionally. It's a good thing Steve's not a doctor. That'd be terrible. You're dying. <laughs> a few months later, you know, you might live. <laughs> the bedside manner is not there. But, you know, if you think of the, the stages of grief and stuff, it, I felt not only did I go through it, but I was able to bear witness to some of the customers going through it in that time from when he first announced the closing to when it actually did close. And Rich is right. It was a roller coaster of, uh, there's hope. We've got a buyer. We're going to keep it. We're going to stay open. We're not going anywhere. And then two days later, pack your bags, everybody. We're out of here. Say goodbye. Um, and I'll never forget, there was a Wednesday where I came in and I was still sort of in that denial stage. I, I still, you know, I, I, I worked at Alter Realities for, I don't even know how long, well over 10 years. And in that time, I've heard Steve say we were closing uh, a number of times, enough to count on, two, you know, both my hands. So I didn't quite believe it. But when I walked in this one Wednesday, uh, Brian Claudio was there and he embodied that stage of just anger and and bargaining. And he was just ripping into Steve and, and throwing out these ideas of, well, can't you try this? Can't you do that? What the hell's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Um, and it was a little off-putting to, to see just how visceral a reaction he was having to uh, this announcement, but it still didn't feel real um, until until the night we had a final store dinner, you know, and then then it really hit home um, to the point where I still don't really drive by it uh, unless I have to. It's you know, speaking of driving by, I mean, I still use the dry cleaner uh, to, you know, two shops down in that same shopping plaza. And occasionally I'll stop in the deli, too, if I'm there. And it's I mean, it's eerie just seeing that empty store with the four rent sign. So six months and still <laughs> still no uh, new occupant. But uh, yeah, like it kind of breaks your heart a little bit every time you drive by and it's and it's empty. Um, have you driven by, Tom? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the only reason why I'm there, I, I go see Louie. You know, if I'm on Central Avenue, I want something to eat. I do go to the deli and I, you know, I can't help but look into the empty store and see what's see what's not there. You know, our clubhouse used to be there. Now it's just, you know, this vacant space it's very sad i just uh, <laughs> i want to follow up on a note with tom so as many listeners probably know facebook has this feature now where sometimes you log in and they'll show you a post that you put up you know x number of years ago and they'll ask you if you want to share that memory so just the other day um it, there was a memory of mine that it asked if i wanted to share and it was a picture from our last uh, white collar sale which we've talked about in <laughs> in previous episodes when uh actually all four of us um would wear uh, <laughs> basically like vests and, and fedoras and we'd have these big sales at alternate realities. But when I originally posted that picture, it was the third and final white collar sale. And Tom, you said, and I quote, I'm so glad this is the last white collar sale. Then I'll really be happy. Or maybe the fire marshal will shut us down. That would be a great finale. <laughs> so I'll ask the question again. Would you, if, if the store had just been gone and we didn't have this long drawn out goodbye, would you have preferred that? Or do you think it, it went the way it, it should go? What do you mean, like the the fire marshal shutting it down for good, or you know, what? or a fire itself, or whatever? Just like as opposed to having this long drawn out farewell. If the store just one day just hadn't been there, whether it blew up or burned or got <laughs> shut down. Um, I I guess there's no real best answer for it. 
But I know one of your questions is what's changed. I think what's phenomenally changed is our friendships have, if anything, are probably stronger. We're now making more of an effort to get together periodically. I think just to piggyback on that, I think the big change, though, is um, while we do still make an effort to get together, and there's usually something going on every weekend and some variation of the group, um, it's certainly not as easy as it used to be where we would just show up and over the course of the hours from 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock, we saw who was building in the store, and then that dictated how much how big the reservation would be that we would make and now it's it's far more uh planned and and organized scheduled, and, scheduled. It, and it does have to be because of what's happened i mean you anthony you you tried to organize a thanksgiving dinner uh with, with not a lot of res- responses yeah tried uh, being and the yet, key word and yet we still had a big turnout just d- given that nobody was responding to it but everybody showed up for it so um yeah, the procedure's been a little different. So I, I, I created a, a closed Facebook group uh, just for the core group. Um, and it, people have been using it to a certain extent, not as much as I would have liked. And yeah, Sean, like I tried to organize the Thanksgiving dinner through that and asked for uh, restaurant recommendations and crickets. Um, <laughs> and then thankfully, you know, a couple of days beforehand, um, you know, you, you contacted people via text and, and email. Um, and, you know, we were able to, you know, to pull it together. So... Uh, you know, it's a little bit different. Rich, it's, I think it's a little tricky because you're not on Facebook, yet you're often the linchpin of these dinners. People will gather when you're in. So I, I don't know. I think we might have to get you on Facebook. It's not Russian. This it, is actually I, not really a podcast so much as an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, we're getting you on Facebook. <laughs> I do feel like the dinners on average, they've been more or less as frequent as we used to have them. Because I feel like, Rich, you're still coming in more or less every other week. Anthony, could you please tell the story the one time when you had a dream and you had been watching The Walking Dead and all that stuff, and you had a dream where you you dreamt that I called and said, hey, I don't think I can make it in. And you said, Rich. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, when you were starting that, I'm like, what is he talking about? But I remember now. And yeah, in the dream, you're like, I don't think I'm going to make it in. And I'm like, Rich, it's the apocalypse. Nobody's <laughs> making it in. So, but, um, so, but I mean, even if it's slowed down a little bit, we're still getting together. And I do think that, you know, the gatherings on average have been larger because it is the only opportunity for, for people to get together. Um, we don't have that informal stuff. It's much more formal and attendance and structured. I think the turnouts are bigger because we don't have the, the meeting place, the casual meeting place just to hang out. I mean, do you guys like the bigger, the bigger gatherings? You prefer smaller. What do you guys feel? I always get amazed just looking at the turnout and seeing how a brick and mortar comic book store has facilitated such a, a camaraderie and friendship among so many people, which is great um, to coin Rich's term, like friendship and fun, right? Uh, but speaking of that, you know, so in, in the with the movie rating system, a PG thirteen movie can is allowed one f bomb, and if it goes over that, then then they're into our our rating territory. Rich, I think we got to give you we got to impose that same rule on you. So you get one one friendship and fun. Now now <laughs> now I feel even more pressure. So but what about you, Tom? I mean, do you like the this this new iteration, or did you prefer it the way it was before? Uh, to be very, very honest, I hate these bigger gatherings. I really, really do for, for several reasons. Um, and again, my reasons, they're, they're sensible to me, but other people might feel differently about them, which, you know, who gives a shit? Um, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what I feel like there's a lot lost in these bigger gatherings because 
um, when there's like 20 people, 15 people, you really are stuck with the person that you're sitting next to. This doesn't apply to the broader AR community, but amongst the four of us, I know I'm, I'm making more of an effort to speak with you guys through telephone calls on a more frequent basis than you I did. To. Yeah, so I do think in some ways our friendships, does that count as the... <laughs> our friendship? I think it's only if, if it's that you've cultivated great friendship and, and fun. How does that know? quote go again? <laughs> I feel like this is the like a quintessential first world problem. It's like our dinners are too big and we don't get them to, to each other Well, enough. it's something we can talk about them because, you know, I'm not going to any more big gatherings unless if I have to. I mean, overall, it's like I definitely get what you're saying. When we do have the large group, you are limited to the people who you're sitting next to. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it just makes the seating arrangement you know, be a little more strategic. Maybe we could rotate. Maybe we could do, um, you know, that would be interesting, actually, if we like rotated seats at, at a certain point. Like assigned seats? <laughs> Not assigned seats, but like at a certain point, like you just kind of flip a little bit. So you get to talk to different people. You know, that might be an idea. But, Would you come then? Probably not. No. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> All right. But you know, that's not a bad idea. I mean, but anyway, to answer that l larger question, I mean, you know, the dinners have continued, which is really nice. Um, and uh, I know that was something that we, you know, we were all always concerned about. It's like, would, you know, would it still happen? So it, it does. And I think that is a testament to, you know, these bonds that have been forged that extend beyond the walls of the store, um, as, as we hoped and predicted. And, you know, happy to report that, you know, that is actually the case. I'm happy to report that if you hear that little squeak in the background, that's actually from the store. That's the old spinner rack um, from Alternate Realities, currently in use at Spider's Web. Ah, not only the spinner rack. I, I meant to mention this at the top of the show. We are sitting on chairs that were once in Alternate Realities. So it feels like we're, we're home. Possibly the ones we recorded during season one. <laughs> Maybe. Now, you did ask, were there things we miss? One thing I don't miss is the work effort Sean and I went through to remove dead mice from the store. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. So <laughs> You've got a dead mouse that you want to get rid of? <laughs> well, it's uh, <laughs> sort of. Um, at work the other week, there was this foul odor that was emanating from the vent. And everyone was like, what is that? What could that be? And I was and thinking to said, myself, oh, you know. I've smelled this before. You know. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? As gross as it was... It was like, ah, it reminds me of alternate. <laughs> I didn't mind it so much. Oh, wow, what, what a memory to have. <laughs> yeah, you guys worked hard to, to get that mouse. Where was it? It was wedged between the uh, back issue bins and the bookcases, and we had to dismantle um, before the store opened. You got yeah, in yeah. Uh, like, what, I got like there seven about, or eight? No, no, no. I think I got there about eight o'clock, mm -hmm. and we were fearful. We didn't know, one, we didn't know where it was because this thing had languished for like a month, and it got, I remember that my sister-in-law, brought the kids in the day before, and, and a lot of people were like, oh, what's that odor? Um, so finally, Sean and I resolved. We said, look, I'm going to come in one Saturday. We'll both get there at 8 o'clock. But dismantling the shelves, taking shelving units apart, because all the shelves were uh, screwed together just so one would never fall over and injure, injure a person. So we invested probably a good two and a half hours uh, tracking this thing down, uh, you brought uh, special gloves, uh, latex gloves, and all that stuff. Yeah, I wasn't touching that. That was it was disgusting. It, it was, was disgusting. You it know, was a hor just a, a terribly petrified, disgusting mouse just wedged back there. But we managed to get it out, um, thrown out, and re everything put back together before the store opened at eleven, uh, which was great. And it stopped smelling, which was and you bleached the, the shit out of it, right? <laughs> bleached the shit. Well, I feel like I was the only person in that store um, who ever bought 
like bleach or we for hand soap or, in a couple times. Hand soap, yes, but like the heavy duty like carpet cleaners. When 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 Steve's dog was coming in all the time oh, and urinating and shitting all over the place. It, it was it disgusted me, and I love animals and I love dogs, but I, I was I was disgusted because Steve would just be like, ah, just throw some paper towels on it and take some of those extra Louis napkins and throw them on top, and we'll move on. Um, so I kept buying all of this carpet cleaner and, and bleach and all this stuff. So yeah, I, I, I threw some of that on there. You, were, I give you the utmost credit for, for well, both of you guys for what you did with the mouse and you, Sean, because you were the only one who really cleaned. Like Tom, you and I, we did bring in soap because that one bar of soap. That nasty it was hand disgusting, soap. and I hated yeah. using that. I was like, I feel dirtier after washing my hands with this bar of soap. And it, 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 I mean, it would have to be like nothing before he would put out a new one. Um, and so never liquid soap. I never understood. We couldn't just have liquid soap. It's so much easier and yeah. less gross. It sat in that disgusting soap holder. Yeah. It was all scummy and ugh. It was it was horrible. There's not nothing enticing about wanting to clean your hands. So we can say that. Condition at the store, we're pretty shitty, <laughs> sanitary-wise, sanitation-wise. Um, so before we move on, just one last note about the dinners. Um, the big dinner, uh, we had our last supper, supper with an AR at the end, that last Saturday. Um, 27th. Yeah, the, was it? The, that's right, the 27th, and yeah. then the store closed for good a couple days after that. Um, we did it at Venetian Delight, which has been our go-to uh, pizza spot on Central Avenue, and we had over 40 people there. Tom, you must have hated it. Yeah, yeah. It was the worst, right? It wasn't great. But, I mean, you know, the when, when he pardoned, you know, Doug and, you know, apparently I was mentioned, but I was in the bathroom, so. Yeah, so this is one of the <laughs> one of the things I wanted to mention. There were, you know, it was nice to see such a large group assemble. And uh, I feel like the mood, while there was sadness, I mean, I think overall it was, you know, it was celebratory. You know, we were all, um, you know, remembering the store and, and just kind of wanting to have this last, you know, blowout dinner. It was really an Irish wake. You know, you, you're assembled by kind of a, a bad incident, but there was a lot of laughter, a lot of smiles, a lot of happiness. So it really was an Irish wake. I mean, I many of us, we had a lot of jokes, a lot of good laughter. Uh, Bill, who's the heart and soul of AR, so many people got together, but it was a sad occasion that caused us to get together. But uh, it was, you know, and it was interesting too, because people uh, like Heitner came in and out so quick, but but everybody made a point of at least stopping by and uh, paying respects. Um, it was really, I mean, it, it, as sad as it was, it was a very nice night and it was a nice send off for the store. Uh, Casey came up. I mean, geez, we haven't seen him in years and yeah. got a hug from Steve. Yeah. I mean, so there were, there were a number of things that happened that I think were really interesting. Um, I feel like again, Steve's mood, you know, when, for those who've heard the, the finale of season one of this, you know, I, there was a lot of emotion shared during that final recording. And I feel like Steve experienced like a genuine catharsis and he, he let some stuff out there. There was crying. I mean, it, it was it was really kind of intense. And I feel like that that carried over because there were a number of moments throughout the dinner where Steve was maybe a little bit out of character. But you know what? Steve is a curmudgeon. He's very crusty. Uh, clearly, he's got strong opinions, as you guys spoke about in your first podcast, he'll comment those things about people that screwed him over and load that into the database. But he is really one of the most generous. I mean, I was annoyed because Anthony and I worked real carefully. We figured, you know what? Here's here's the entrees we're going to get. Here's how we're going to handle this. Works out to about $30 a head. And before I knew it, Steve picked up the check for the whole thing. And along similar lines, and going back to, to what Tom had said, so one of the, the big moments of the night... Uh, and we talked about this in episode five, which was the one that featured uh, Doug Doug Desher. 
Um, and Rich, as you mentioned, Steve would often leave notes in, in people's files when they had wronged him. And one of the notes in Doug's file was that Doug was the worst offender in store history uh, because he had left Steve with, with a number of items that he had ordered and then decided not to purchase. So his, his, the note in his file read, worst offender in store history, which Tom reminded Doug pretty much any chance he got. <laughs> Um, but during that, that last supper, uh, there came a moment where Steve, you know, kind of gathered everybody around and he specifically called out you, Tom, but I don't know where you were. Yeah. I was in the bathroom and I missed it. I was so disappointed. So disappointed. Where Steve, uh, in front of everybody, he pardoned Doug. Doug is no longer the worst offender in the store history. So that was a nice moment. But then Gary got the mantle. (laughs) Yeah. The, the person who, uh, you know, seemed like might buy the store at one point and then backed out. Uh, he is now officially the, the worst offender in store history. But that was a great moment. Another great moment, Rich, was, um, you know, you, you made some remarks. You gave a little toast. Um, and it was great. because <laughs> so funny because at the end of it, you go, you're like, Bill, you know, Bill is the heart and soul of this store. Bill, do you want to say anything? And Bill goes, maybe later. <laughs> I never said anything. <laughs> but, uh, you, but do you remember uh, the gist of, of what you conveyed to the group? It was very nice. I, I do remember thanking Steve for his perseverance and his dedication because all of our friendships emanated from him opening that store. And um, I, I remember thanking him for all of his pers- perseverance and dedication. And I got to say, in many respects, you know, the AR community had never been stronger. The fact that 40 people showed up. I wasn't there for the, the final, final night where the, the sign came down. I don't think any of you guys were no, as well, right? I, but I saw the, you know, um, I think Phil was there. He took pictures. A few of the guys took pictures. Um, does anyone know where the sign ended up? I think Steve has it. Oh. I think I think Steve took the sign home. I think Bill put it in his car and took it home. Um, you might see it on eBay soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's that for a segue? Um, so when I announced that we were doing this podcast, I put the call out there on uh, Facebook and Twitter. You know, does anyone have any, any questions, anything they want us to talk about in particular? And uh, not surprisingly, you know, one of the first things that came up was, you know, what, what's Steve up to these days? I think he's happier. I mean, from the times I've seen him, I think he's much happier. He's less stressed, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely attest to that. I mean, I'll be honest, I can't say I really had like that much contact with him. I mean, I, it's really only been when I've seen him at, at one of the dinners, and he's come to a good bunch of them. Uh, and he does seem less burdened. I mean, truly. And um, yeah, I mean, he does seem to be enjoying himself, uh, you know, going through everything and listing them slowly on eBay. So, you know, again, for the, the, you know, did he ever find, I don't know if peace is the right word, but he definitely seems happier and less burdened. I think it's fair, very fair to say. You know, so again, Steve's on eBay. He's super Odo. Uh, items are getting up there s- slowly but surely. But the last thing I want to want to bring up is because you you kind of hit on this before, Sean, that um, over the summer you were picking up things that Steve had ordered for you yep. prior to the store closing that arrived after the store closed. Yep. So you would go to the warehouse and, and pick that up. What was that that like? Uh, uncomfortable. Um, I, not that just because it's it's you i would show up um i would call him and say hey I'm, I'm outside and he would come out with the statue or the trade or whatever um and i would give him cash and he would give me the stuff and i it was like doing like a drug deal i, I oh, felt but so you didn't actually go in no there were, but there this is the thing there are days where it was like a drug deal and i was outside and it was a quick exchange and I felt dirty. I felt like, oh, this is all this for a trade. Um, but then there were days where he'd be like, you got to come in. You got to see the work I did. Um, so he did. He would take me around. He would show me the different units, uh, show me all the stuff that he did work on. And then I would, you know, go my way, wave goodbye to the Westies security people and 
see you next week, guys, and that would be it. So this young buck would show up with a wad of cash and disappear into a Westie's room <laughs> with Steve for like what, like 20, 25 minutes? Yeah, about <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can imagine it's a little, it was a little uncomfortable, a little Come awkward. Come out smiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so aside from that, yeah, that, that kind of brings us to the, I guess kind of the last big piece of this is, you know, uh, again, on a practical side as, as shoppers, as customers, you know, um, what do we do now? Where do we go? Tom, I mean, I think you and I were probably the least affected by this because, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say neither one of us is, you know, as avid a, a collector as we were before. I mean, are you going to any store on any regular basis now? No. I mean, even before the store had closed, my, my collecting had, had dwindled a lot. I was just buying things out of habit. When the store finally closed, you know, it was a reason to, you know, just finally close the books on collecting comics, statues, and toys and collectibles. The store closing was sad, definitely. I'm missing my friends on a regular basis. But it was also good for me. You know, I'm not buying stuff that I don't enjoy. And we've heard, you know, similar things from a number of guys in our group. I mean, uh, Doug, for example, he said that he hasn't bought anything since the store closed and he was pretty much done. Um, other guys, you know, like like Mike San Gregorio, I know he reads new stuff digitally and then older stuff he, he rents from the library. So, uh, you know, there definitely have been people who it seems have just kind of stepped away from it. Others have, have gone elsewhere. And Sean, I'll, I'll toss that to you in a second. But... Uh, I want to talk about a particular afternoon that uh, Rich, Tom, and I spent together uh, where we went to check out All Yeah Comics, which is uh, a new store that opened in Harrison, New York. I mean, I have to say it's a really um, it's a really neat, clean, bright, well-lit store. Um, I, I know they're geared a little bit more towards uh, a younger audience. Uh, I know they really try to you know bring kids and they do a lot of events. It was just kind of funny because we left there and if we had a complaint, I guess it was that there wasn't that much stuff for us to look at and I'm like man we just spent like this whole podcast and and off the podcast as well complaining about how AR had too much stuff in it and now we go to this new store like oh there's not enough it's like there's no pleasing us basically (laughs) and I it felt kind of uh guilty or uh like I was violating a trust you know it just felt eerie now but you didn't buy anything so (laughs) Actually, I think out of the four of us, I think Sean is the only one who's actually bought am, something there. <laughs> not only out of the four of us, I think almost out of everybody at the store, I'm the only person left regularly buying comics. And I buy my comics right here at the Spider's Web from Actually, Paul. Actually, you've bought um, a couple of mine here. I bought some books for Rich here, too, yeah. Um, no, I buy regularly. I, I, I sort of transitioned out of AR... Um, actually the month before it closed it was a nice segue just what was going on in the the comic market at the time um, with the the company's convergence and and Marvel with their Secret Wars and stuff that I um, transitioned to Spider's Web in June and Paul has been great with my uh, OCD tendencies with my books and, and stuff like that he's been very patient very generous speaking of your OCD I saw everyone's favorite curmudgeon Jay Mizell recently and I asked if he had picked up any of Steve's former customers, and he said not really. Um, but he was a little—he was a little annoyed because he was—he for some reason, Sean, I don't know what you or someone else told him, but he was under the impression you were going to start shopping at Jay's Comics. And I said to him, I was like, "Listen, you don't want Sean." No. I said, "He's too OCD, and you manhandle your books, so it won't work." Yeah, and I it, think he was okay with that. I, I you know, I, I love Jay Mizell. Um, but I, it just, I don't think it would work. I think our friendship would suffer for it. So, um, 
Now, one thing I have to ask you, and I, I busted Paul's chops about this when I had him on uh, the business school episode. He does not bag his trade paperbacks. How how do you handle that? Well, um, I I actually prior to the store closing, I bought a tremendous amount of supplies that are currently in my attic. And in fact, I just bought more supplies from Steve. I'm still a customer of AR, if you can believe that. I just bought in bulk a whole bunch of bags and boards. My regular routine is, I, it's very close to my work actually, which has been nice. I'm able to get here within 10 or 15 minutes, uh, which has been great. And so I'll come after work and buy my books. And then I usually stand on the back, stand by the back issues and bag my books, uh, put them in the bag myself. And then I, and then I go home. And I, I've become that guy that we all teased. How long do you usually stay when when you come? It depends on it depends on what I've got to do that day, but usually like anywhere from fifteen to twenty five minutes. It depends. It depends on the afternoon and what I what I've got to do. Um, it's nice though. There are some days where a lot of the alternate reality refugees, uh, former customers, will come in, and um, some of them are on the same schedule as I am. So I see them f- fairly weekly, uh, which has been great just to keep some of those contacts. It's one of the biggest. Uh, things I miss from the store, surprisingly enough, is is that interaction with some of the customers. So it's nice that I still get to experience that with some of them. Yeah. And Rich, what about you? How, what has your experience been like post-AR as a customer? So this past summer, after the store closed, we did a road trip. Uh, Phil, uh, Mike San Gregorio, Sean, and I, we took a day. Phil charted out... Uh, Tom, we weren't invited. Apparently not. Apparently we do exclude people from the store gatherings. We just yeah. didn't realize it. <laughs> you two both just got gunny sacked. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I've been living in the gunny sack for years. It's fine. We took a day and we went to about four shops in Connecticut, uh, places that Phil Phil really enjoyed and recommended to us. Look, now, Tom, he's just going to talk all about all the things they did. Yeah, you're uh, cutting what, rich anyway. What everybody matter. enjoyed. We didn't enjoy and, anything. And that secret lunch that they had before. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. Good story, Rich. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah. We'll talk about that, too. <laughs> no, I'm see, sorry, see, Rich. Continue. I'm, I'm what topics that will help uh, this discussion. Yeah. So anyway. What else did Phil like? Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we the first place we went up, I, I think, was Sandy Hook. It was uh, Comics Cave or something like that. It was a, uh, at one time, it was a train station. When we pulled into the place, and we're getting ready to go in, and... Um, I'm hanging back just for a second with uh, with Mike and Phil, and I turn, and Anthony, you described this in the very first podcast. Oh, now I know where this is going. Okay. I blinked for a nanosecond, and it, when I turned back, Sean was like about 40 feet ahead of me, but his his stride, his purpose, I mean, honest to God, he like stood up. He was an inch taller. His stride was like a foot longer. The speed and the purpose that he walked in there was just, it, it's everything you said in the first podcast about that dollar sale. He came in, he was like a force. Yeah, that's my earliest memory of you, is uh, just barreling, just making a beeline for those back issue bins. When you're on a mission, you cannot be stopped. Yeah, and he had such purpose and such drive. I do have a mission. I, I, like, the, I like the hunt. I like to go in and, and look around, and I've got my list with me at all times. And please, I'm, I think that's admirable. I was so impressed with your, your drive and your purpose. the only person at this table, since they weren't your invited, purpose. I think that's admirable. <laughs> so much for us, Tom. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, Anthony, it circled right back to what you described in the first podcast when you first met Sean. Well, you know, it's funny. So this is uh, the official title for this is the the My Comic Shop History Christmas Special. Um, and it's called that uh, kind of in in honor of the tradition of British television of having a, a Christmas special. Though certainly we wish a happy holiday to anybody, regardless of whether they celebrate Christmas or not. 
Um, and not that the title has really mattered much because this hasn't been very holiday themed, uh, but maybe we can turn that around a little bit. Um, so this group that's assembled here, this group that ran the white collar sales, we are, we call ourselves the team. And Tom, you were the one who first uh, gave us that nickname. Well, how did that come about? It just felt appropriate. It, I, I, there's no real rhyme or reason why. It's, it sounded, sounded perfect. There's, I mean, there's an elegance in the simplicity. It's not the AR team. It's not, it's not anything. It's just the team. Yep. That's it. Stoic. It says a lot without saying, without actually saying anything. That's right. I'm going to solve Rich's game here a little bit because when I first told Rich that we were going to have the team reunite for the podcast, <laughs> you remember the first thing you said to me? You were like, well, you know, I, I, I could be on a number of teams. I could be on the business team with, with Phil and Mike. I could be on the team with you guys. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Mike would love that, though. <laughs> you know that. But I, but I think you quickly, you latched on to the fact that I was talking about this, the team, right? The more um, important one. <laughs> I'm, to um, comment, yep. Rich, please. Yep. <laughs> Awkwardness. I am so grateful you guys included me in this team. And listen, I, I, I'm twice the age of you guys. The mere fact that you guys are willing to hang out with me is awesome, and I appreciate it so much. But you're more than just a member of the team. You are our captain, is that a position you you relish, you accept, or is that is that more of like forced upon you, and you're the reluctant captain? I'm not a leader, you know. I'm. You guys have been good to me, but I think I think you guys make the decisions, and I tag along. Do you agree with that, Tom? Because I think you were the one who said Rich is our captain. I, I do, but but I think he's giving me more of an honorarium. The reason why I do say that because I I hold Rich in high regard, in the highest regard. I think we all do too. So. We do all hold Rich in the highest regard, and not just the people at this table. I mean, you know, Rich, you talked about how your routine has changed, and you don't have a place to hang out in between lunch and dinner now that the store's gone. At least one person who's not at this table has offered to host you at his Several place. occasions. I mean, that's really nice. You guys have been good. <laughs> you guys have been good to me. He's also, not only has he offered, I mean, this is interesting, though. Not only has he offered to host you in between lunch and dinner, I mean, he's offered to put you up in a hotel after dinner, in case you, you don't feel like driving back. It's tremendously gracious. In fact, it's something um, he and I were talking about earlier today. You've got a big birthday coming up yep. this year. Yep. And one the of big the, 6-0. One of the ideas that was tossed around as part of a gift was to get a hotel room um, so you didn't have to drive back. So you would have your own place to stay, and then we could all go out to dinner, and you could have, you know, like we did for my last night, you would be chauffeured around, and then dropped off at your hotel and, and you could leave whenever you wanted yeah. to the next day. So. Would, would you take the group up on that? I don't know. I, I, you guys know how I, I don't like to be pushed into a corner and I procrastinate to the nth degree. It's awesomely, it's, it's very gracious, but I, I haven't thought that far ahead. But getting back to the team, I... <laughs> getting back to the friendships. Which one? <laughs> yeah, which this team, team which at team, this Rich? table. This team at this table. You guys have been so good to me and I forget how it first came about. Tom was instrumental in creating the name and letting me join. Not to pile on, Rich, but this is our opportunity to talk about this. And it's one of the things that was not discussed previously. So I can't remember if it was a Christmas present this or a birthday present. This wasn't, this wasn't on your list. I don't know if it was a Christmas present or birthday. I think it was Christmas. But either way, your birthday is close enough to Christmas that it falls in the ho under the holiday umbrella. A few years back, I believe the three of us and Drew all chipped in to get Rich a Blu-ray player. And, uh, and an HDMI cable as well so that he could hook it up. And some Blu-rays. And some Blu-rays. And um, Rich, where's that Blu-ray player now? It's, it's at my house. It's, it's in great shape. It's Mint working in very box. well. Mint in box. Mint in box. Is the wrapping paper still off of it? 
or no? I think so. Because because <laughs> you, have, you have a habit of literally when we give you a gift, you halfway open it up and you're like, thank you, thank you, thank you. The title might not, might not even be completely exposed. And you just kind of leave it there. You don't, you know, completely unwrap it and just discard the uh, the paper. Yeah. What if it was like dirt? Like you you start to unwrap it and you see dirty dancing and you're like, great. I love Swayze. Done. And you don't finish unwrapping it. And it's the, the sequel. Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. That'd Actually, be terrible. You know, <laughs> it's quite the example. What if? <laughs> what if? Well, I mean, what if it was Havana Nights? I mean, I know that's a random example. All right, let's make it, let's bring it more in line with our thing here. What if you open it and you see Star Wars and you're like, oh, great, the original trilogy. And it's the prequels and you never knew. Or, or something that you might understand. What if you open it and it says Green Lantern, but then you, you peel down oh, farther and it says like evil Emerald now. Warriors or Mosaic. <laughs> or the movie. Or, Earth or the two. movie. Or Earth 2. <laughs> or Earth 2. <laughs> What if then? Yeah. You know, the Green Lantern got the reaction. <laughs> yeah, I should have led with that. I, I apologize. But uh, so, the, yeah. so yeah, so Rich does have this habit of only partially unwrapping. Once he sees what it is, or he thinks he sees what it is, he's done. But so the Blu-ray player is still just in the box, probably still somewhat wrapped. Why did you never set it up? And we offered. We had I, that same person who offered to host you at his house or in a hotel room. Oh yeah, offered to come in and help. Is you. he like Voldemort? Are we just not saying his no, name? No, it's Mike. For, it's but... Mike. <laughs> it's Mike Serigorio. <laughs> yeah, we could say his name. I don't know why I was. He that is not around. to be mentioned. <laughs> that same guy. Yeah, I mean, what's up, man? What the hell, Rich? And you're losing channels too. I'm the ultimate procrastinator. I mean, I think Rich made that up though about the CW. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I think he got it tired. It is true. It is true. So, Rich, you said that you recently, you know, you lost the CW, but not all the time. It's like only between eight and ten. That doesn't. That's not true. No, no, no. no. Between like, <laughs> eight and eight. Well, so but here's the th- so uh, that's like they're in operation. I'm going p- to pile on Rich now too. So part of our Wednesday routine is I come to Paul's and and I buy my books and then I and you give me a call and then I give Rich give a me call a, and, a debrief. Call. Yeah, and I get to t- I tell him a little bit about what's come out this week and so forth. Um, and we'll talk, you know, about Flash. And there are times though where you'll be like, "Oh, did you see that last night with Barry and he was doing this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but you don't have." Oh, I get it oh. through the internet. Oh, okay. Busted. All right, good answer. Yeah. <laughs> but you, what do you mean you get it through the? Like you read an article about it, or you actually watch the episode? I read an article about it. But the firewall yeah. at work, though. Well, actually, now that's that only got... when he doesn't want to read the stuff that we sent him. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's yep, there you it. go. That's true. Yeah. Now they got an iPhone. <laughs> Recharging this battery a lot. It was from Mike and Sean. He reads it. It was from Anthony or I. <laughs> Sorry, the firewall caught it. How else is he going to get the itinerary for all the road trips we take? That's true. <laughs> that is That's true. true. I don't know. I, the whole this whole thing about um, you losing the CW during prime time. I don't know if I, I fully buy it, but You're it's busted, but it's, man. it's okay. I think you just got tired of watching Flash or Arrow, but you didn't want to. You didn't have the heart to tell us. <laughs> Speaking of rapping. When we when we give gifts to each other, uh, we don't we don't use regular wrapping paper. We use ins- well, we used to use. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be it's tough. It's becoming the a lot harder. Bags. We used to use AR bags, and now they if, are in and spare spider webs. I gave you the Batman yeah. AR bags, which are a little bit older, the vintage ones. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, I I don't have as nice a art portfolio as Tom, or certainly not nearly as nice as Phil, um, but what I do have in my art portfolio is one of each of the different. AR bags. Um, I gave you the Green Lantern. You gave me the Green Lantern. I've got, and I finally found the other one that I had at my parents' house. Awesome. Uh, so I've got two Green Lanterns and a couple Batmans and then the Superman. 
Is it weird going to other stores and not having backroom privileges, which I know sounds like a euphemism, but isn't? I'm really just referring <laughs> to the ability to be able to go into the back room of the store. You know, it's definitely noticeably different um, when we when we watch a movie, when we go out to a movie, because it used to be we'd go out to a movie, you go out to dinner, and then there'd be a small group of us that would go back to the store after hours and sit there and hang out. Drink beers. Drink beers, whatever. Just hang out till all hours of the night. Um, and to not have that access is is tough i mean even even tonight we're, while we're being graciously hosted it's still um, we're on a clock yeah it's tough i mean i think that's you know that's the thing and you know these couple of other stores in particular that we've mentioned like oh yeah and, and spider's web you know the guys who run them mark and, and paul could not have made me or us feel yeah. more welcome yeah. i mean absolutely 100 percent. but there's still that matter of like it's just not our store you know, as we wind down here, I guess there's one other idea that I just wanted to put forth, and I'm not saying I necessarily agree or disagree with it, but it was just something that I thought about. Because in both of Steve's episodes, he mentioned this idea of, of people kind of moving on from the store. Um, and, you know, kind of all of us, as we've gotten engaged, married, had kids, jobs, moved, whatever, you know, a lot of people just weren't spending as much time at the store, myself included. I mean, even you, Sean, like you would work every other Saturday. You'd be there then. I but, would come in Wednesdays and I worked right. every other Saturday. Yeah. Right. But as far as like just pure hanging out at the store, you're doing those other things. I feel like for a lot of us, there was a little bit of a, of a shift. But in any event, so Steve mentioned this a couple of times, and um, and then we saw over those last months of the store, you know, how many of us, um, you know, offered to help and ultimately did help, and we had the huge dinner, and we saw people who hadn't been around in such a long time, and I mean, I did this podcast, which was my first, you know, creative project about the store in years, so I'm just kind of wondering, like, did, you know, did we, I guess as a group, like, take the store for granted, and and along similar lines, you know, if that outpouring of support that we saw at the end had been consistent throughout, do you think the store still would have closed or maybe things would have gone a little bit differently? I guess I'll chime in first. I I guess maybe you're right in thinking about it, that there was maybe a part of me that took it for granted, thinking, you know, it, it had been a staple since I was in late high school, early college. I've been, you know, started going there. So I think there was a part of me that was just sort of expecting it to always be there. That was that was never an issue, really, in my mind. It was just, that was a staple, and the hope would be one day my kids would get to work there, you know, and that would be, that would be when I would give up the Saturdays. You know, I'd give it up to Chris or Matt and then step back, but... Uh, pass the baton. Yeah, pass the baton. I agree with that, but one of the other comments you made is all of this outpouring at the end, if these people had been more attentive consistently... I don't think that would have made a difference. I think Steve was at the point in his life where he just, he was done. I, I think he invested a lot. It was 23 years. I think I think he was just done. He was willing to. And, uh, and I think that everybody was always consistently open to volunteer and help out. And yeah. I, I, don't think the, I don't think the end is what spurred, you know, people to say, oh, maybe I ought to start trying to help the store. I think that was something that was always there it was even it was you know an unspoken thing yeah what about you Tom what do you think yeah um I definitely took the store for granted um you know granted that I wasn't as invested in you know what was inside physically but you know what was it what was there was my friends and being able to see my friends and um if I needed a place to go in between you know running errands say hi to Steve say hi to Jay that wasn't there like this you know that that Wednesday that Tuesday that Saturday it was nothing. There was nothing there. There was nothing that I could go back to. 
So, you know, to, to say we took it for granted, I think we did. One of the ideas that I had for this podcast special that I abandoned was to do the AR version of A Christmas Carol, where like, oh. I was going to like write like a whole play, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is too much work. But like Steve would be Scrooge. I think Jay Mizell would be uh, Jacob Marley. Um, Tom would be Tiny, Tiny Tim, Tiny Tom. I mean the name the name works <laughs> <laughs> except instead of like god bless us everyone it would be a different version from you i'm go sure go fuck yourself <laughs> eat shit um Leave you guys alone. you guys would be you know like maybe a couple of the ghosts actually it's got some merit it's not yeah. too late maybe maybe next maybe next uh next holiday special you know really thank you to all of you for for doing this it was great to have the team back um, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Acme Comics. They're a comic book shop in North Carolina, and they have their own podcast called Acme Cast. Uh, and they very graciously had me on as a guest uh, shortly after the first season of this wrapped. We had a great conversation. Uh, they had listened to all of the episodes. It was, it was really great. And uh, they kind of planted the seed in my head of, of doing sort of a special to bridge the seasons of this podcast. So uh, I want to thank that crew uh, and encourage listeners of this podcast to check out Acme Cast. To all of our listeners, I hope everyone has a, uh, a happy and healthy and safe holiday. Stay tuned. There will be news about uh, the future of this podcast. There will be more of my comic shop history coming your way in 2016. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel. <laughs>